welcome to the Pinnacle Mindset Show. I hope that you guys are all staying safe wherever you are in the world. Um, and yeah, today we have an exciting guest on the show today. We have Andrew Woodruff. So Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself to begin with? Yeah, hi guys. Th- thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I'm the uh, sort of head performance triathlon coach at the University of Stirling. Um, I've been in Stirling now sort of five years uh, prior to this role. I worked for Triathlon Scotland on a sort of coaching futures apprenticeship, just again, coaching high performance triathlon. So, and yeah, being a, being a bit of a triathlete myself, still, still dabble, uh, try and keep up with the guys, but um, yeah, it's kind of all about, all about triathlon and, and sport at the moment. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so first and foremost, how did you get involved with triathlon? Yeah, it's a funny one. Um, not many people believe this, but growing up, I played rugby. Uh, you know, I just enjoyed all sorts of sports. Um, and then when I went to university, um, everyone was getting bigger for rugby and I, I wasn't. So I actually took up rowing uh, for the first time, just like a endurance sport uh, really appealed to me. You know, the guys worked hard and uh, it was just a nice atmosphere around it. And when we were rowing, we did a lot of cycling, cross training. Um, I'd always done a bit of running and, and I could swim. I've also done quite a lot of surfing and um, I was down in university in Plymouth, uh, so down the southwest of England, and they had this thing, the Cornish Triathlon Series, and I remember just uh, entering entering a triathlon and thinking I'll get through it. I think I borrowed a bike. Uh, yeah, well, I did borrow a bike, um, a bit too big, and all the usual stuff, like, you know, just absolute chopper. I had no idea what to wear, and I did it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I think I was, like, podiumed or I won or something, and it was just like, oh, okay, I'm, I really enjoy this, and you know, it was just hard, really hard. So then I just, from there, like, triathlon's quite obsessive. You get quite hooked. Um, so got got really, really into it and just wanted to get better and better and, you know, go go the longer distances. And then I suppose that led to me, in a way, coaching because I was like, ah, like, I really like this sport and I want to kind of be involved in it. Um, I did do, like, a bit of a year full-time trying to do the sport. I lived out in Mallorca at the, at the best centre, um, which is good. It's a good experience. Um, but you quickly realize unless you're at the top level, no one's really going to pay you to do it or <laughs> you can make a lot of money. So that's kind of where, where coaching came in and um, led to, I guess. Yeah, that's epic. Um, um, that sounds amazing. Like you've been clearly a sporty background all your mm. life. Do you think that set you up well for coaching? It's a tough one because when I was like at school and even at uni- beginning of university, I wasn't like coaching was never really on my radar. Um, when I was when I was in the rowing club, to be fair, um, I was like men's vice captain, so you had to coach the fresher squad. But like, you know, that was just shouting at them and uh, getting them to go harder on the air goal. But I liked working with people. You know, I liked things at university, like group work, which probably everyone hates, and you know these things. And and when I was rugby, actually, I was I was usually captain, and I liked, I don't know, just maybe that little bit of leadership. Um, I, I, I had quite a, I had a good like a really good triathlon coach and a really good relationship with him when I was racing and I think maybe I was inspired by that a bit as well mm-hmm. um, but you know I wasn't one of these people who maybe when they're growing up or even when they're into triathlon oh, I want to be a coach in this um, it just kind of all fell into place I suppose and he I, probably say even when I started coaching I was like is this what I want to do like do I do I really um, and now yeah, yeah probably I do <laughs> you finally come to that conclusion um (laughs) no that's epic um I think it's so interesting what you just said about how 
your coach actually influenced you do you think as a coach that you have an influence on an athlete's life I hope so um I think you know as, as a coach you're massively privileged that you get to sort of step into an athlete's life and, and be part of that for you know however long or however short but you know you should especially when you're a university coach that, that kind of age or period of that athlete's life is like so critical like there's so much going on and if you can kind of help steer and guide that I think is is really yeah it's quite powerful um you know and it, it's quite a big responsibility because you know they'll ask you or chat to you about certain things that are way above coaching um, or the traditional sense of coaching but you kind of you've got a chance to make a difference um so yeah, I, I hope you influence. I hope, I'd hope to influence for the better. Um, just like athletes influence you, you know, some of these guys I've been working with for five years and they've shaped how I am, which is quite interesting that it is, it is a two-way. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting to, to just listen to. Um, so what challenges did you have to overcome from the transition from athlete to coach? Yeah, I think um, you, you kind of have to understand that not everyone's like you. So, you know, maybe maybe you loved, uh, like I, I, I like doing a lot of training, a lot of hours, a lot of volume, and I don't see an issue with that. Um, like I loved like a five-hour ride. So when an athlete struggles to maybe ride over two hours, I'm like, well, how, why? And, mm. or, or things like, you know, um, maybe they don't have that maybe they just don't train the same way or have that same drive their, their drive comes from something else so it's just understanding that that yeah everyone is different um mm. and I think just you know like I loved racing I absolutely loved racing I was I was I wasn't I was okay at training but I was really good at racing and when you work with athletes who aren't that great at racing or who are taking their time it's like oh come on like, how can you not race mm. like, how, you know and you know you tra they train 10 times better than you've ever seen so it's just trying to get used to those things I think um but no I, I, it's interesting you know a lot of athletes become coaches in, in many many sports I was fortunate to go through a really well structured program that taught me as I went because when you kind of come in day one you think you know stuff but you don't really know you just you're just going off what you've done um so yeah it's, it's a continual process I think I think coaching is definitely one of those kind of jobs that you have to keep learning um mm. as you go like would you agree with that yeah 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 oh and I think every year I'll probably change how I think about things like because you kind of something fresh mm. happens or obviously this last year there's been a lot of thinking time and yeah I think you're always learning I don't think you know I've, I've not coached for that long, um, but I feel like I'm always, you know, I can't, well, I can hopefully imagine doing this for another 10 years, but you just keep learning. Keep, and I think these days as well with, you know, the podcasts, books, internet, like there's just so much out there. So you have to, you have to filter, mm -hmm. but um, it's not difficult to learn. It's just trying to find what's right for you, I think. Yeah, right. Um, so you've obviously touched on this year and I think that there is so much out there in the media about how challenging this is this year's been for athletes. Mm. How's it been from a coach's point of view? Yeah, it's a good question because um, yeah, I think tough like there's no doubt about it. We I, I personally kind of um, went all in for my athletes. hopefully I, I hope they felt like I was really there to support and, and look after them through this time and probably didn't take enough time for myself um or you know sort of just let it let you know didn't take a step back I think 
naturally when you go through for example triathlon season or any any period you know you've got the highs and lows you've got racing you've got recovery mm. weeks you've got peaks and troughs whereas we were just kind of always running like at this high level and the, yeah you kind of get to a point where you're like well, right where does this go like we need to we need to relax triathlon was a really interesting sport where unlike swimming and some other sports they just kept saying oh there might be racing there might be mm. racing there might be racing so you just had to keep going keep going keep going and and apart from a few really high key races some there was none mm. it was exhausting um, yeah. and I think as a coach yeah you you know I've learned a lot over the last year about like taking time for yourself and just being comfortable with stepping back a little bit um you know I think people forget this is our this is our job you know it's okay to take a bit of leave a bit of time off annual leave you know every every other job does it I think it, it's hard you know you you kind of always want to be there for the athletes they think you're always there which is great but I think it's just maybe getting that that balance mm. between all right I'm switching off you know I'm phones off training peaks is off Strava's off um you know you you the athletes I work with are kind of elite performance athletes are a bit older they should be all right without you for a week or so mm. um but yeah it, it's a tough one I think yeah I think it's interesting because you hear so much about mental health and athletes at the moment and there's not really that much spoken about coaches um and I think that we forget that coaches have a massive role on an athlete's mm. life and performance and that they're human too um yeah yeah and I think sometimes we do forget that. Even as athletes, we forget that as well. Um, yeah, like, yeah, 100%. I, like, you know, I, I, it's such a funny little story, but I remember, I, I won't name them, though. if they're listening, they'll know, but I was training with an athlete once and I was just telling them, like, what my family were up to. And he was like, oh, yeah, sometimes I forget you've got a family. Of course <laughs> I do. Like, you know, I've got, you know, you've got friends, you've got external hobbies. Um, yeah, I think you know you're just the guy who's always there which is which mm. is great I, I love being a consistent presence but I think that can that can be a bit dangerous at times if you're expected to be there every single day of every minute of every day um because you know just like a burnout athlete if you're a burnout coach you're not useless you're not useful to anyone mm. um and you know just like an athlete needs a recovery week or a time off you do and I think also just as you were saying you know, as a coach, an athlete might come to you with their sort of mental struggles, which is great. You know, I'd encourage them to, but you have to work them through that. But it is a burden on you. And I don't mm. mean this in a bad way at all, but you, you're taking other stuff on and dealing with that. And then you've got your own stuff. And yeah, it, it can be tough. It can probably, it can be a little bit lonely, I suppose, as well. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're in a small coaching team or, you know, athletes usually are in a squad, they've got a group, but um yeah, it's, it's getting spoken about more. Not enough. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I get a bit frustrated. It gets chatted about, but what's anyone doing about it? Yeah. Um, we can have an awareness day. Great. Uh, we yeah. can do. We can do a nice tweet about it. But um, let's do a bit more. Yeah. No, I'm totally in agreement with you there. Um, Mental health awareness day is kind of my most pet peeve because people post and then the rest of the year it's like oh we've done our post for the, the yeah. day um yeah, yeah. so I definitely agree with you and it's interesting that um you kind of have the same viewpoint as me mm. um I want I'm just wondering how much support do you get as a coach in terms of someone to go to um with your struggles yeah for sure I think 
you know, it's, it, I guess it will depend who you work for. You know, I'm fortunate with, with the university, there is support there if you need it and you can reach out to sort of certain avenues um, officially or sort of unofficially. Uh, and there's there's good people to reach out to. Um, I think personally, I, I, you know, there's people I'd reach out to that are quite specific to me, if you know what I mean, like they're mm. maybe mentors or people I've got friendships with. Um, but I, I yeah, something 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 I, I always think about is um you know you're always asking athletes like how, how are you how are you how are you how are you feeling how are you doing and, you know how many times a week does a coach ask how they're doing I, mm. I don't mean the athletes should ask that but just other people around you like it yeah. is it's good to have that support um so I think there's support channels there um do some of them understand fully like the performance coach's lifestyle etc probably not but it is unique um and yeah, I, I don't know. It looks like it's improving, but I think all this stuff st still needs probably needs time. And I guess over the last year, it's probably been massively stretched. Resources yeah. are, are are shorter, waiting lists are longer. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I think that especially in terms of an athlete, I think that the first person that they go to is always the coach. Mm. Um, if they are struggling, especially mentally. Um, and I feel like, like as coaches, there's no training given, um, mm. around how to approach that situation. It's very much just like, we'll see if this works kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. would you agree with that? Have you received any mental health training or. Yes. I, I've received a little bit, um, again, put on by the, the university of, um, can't remember the exact name of it, but it, it was, it was to do with that, but. I remember when I, I had a situation a couple of years ago um, where an athlete came to me and and uh, I wasn't prepared. I had no tools in my toolbox. I was um, I, I was kind of making it up, um, which was tough. Not making it up, but do you know what I mean? I was like, mm, yeah, okay. Uh, how how can I relate? And it, it the the thing is, I think you know again, you know, because I work for the university, etc. And and you know, maybe who you are, there's channels you can direct them to. So you can be like, okay, look, I don't have the answers. I'm I'm not really comfortable with this, but here are some places that are. But I think naturally, because they have that relationship with you, they're like, no, 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 I want to chat to you though. Yeah. So like, you do have to be prepared and maybe try and understand it. But you know, I, I got to the point where I obviously signposted this on, but um, they're still going to chat to you because you know they trust you. They've got a relationship with you. Um, but yeah, I think it would be good to. Yeah, whether it's further training or just understanding certain things, things to look out for, mm. um, to, just to be prepared. And, you know, cause it, it's funny, as a coach, you wear many hats. You know, it's the same with nutrition. Sometimes yeah. the athletes come and they're like banging on about specific nutrition and you'll give them, a, you'll give them your best answer. Be like, oh, I'm not a nutritionist. Um, yeah. And I think mental health, you know, we, we should see it as the same. I can, I can help and support mm. you, but... Um, you know, I could, could probably go this far um, before, but you know, we need to understand. Um, as I say, they they're gonna they want to speak to us because we've got a relationship and they there's there's trust, mutual trust. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess then you need to be careful of, um, you know, what information they want to chat to you about. Do they want you to pass it on? And yeah, it becomes a bit of a minefield. So you have, have, have mm. to figure that out, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think that this is something that I'm so passionate about is 
um, the support that coaches get because from my journey and my point of view, and if you're listening, anybody listening who wants to know more about my journey, then I have got an episode on the podcast. Um, but yeah, from my point of view, like my coaches said the right things to me when I went to them when I was struggling, but could you imagine if they didn't or like mm. if they felt like they didn't? Yeah. Um, and I think that's something I've learned in the last year is that like my coach is a human being. <laughs> and mm. I think it took till this year to like actually realize that. Um, but it's really interesting what you're saying about, um, how you kind of agree with that. Um, so in general this year, how have you managed to keep your athletes well, well-being at the forefront of like training or just general life? Yeah, I, probably it's not easy. These, these triathletes train a lot and train a hell of a lot, but I think just having the conversations with them, you know, whether it's a zoom or, or on the phone, it's. I always think it's like, how are you? And like, yeah, good. How are you really? Yeah, no, mm. good. How are you really? Oh, yeah, to be honest, I'm not doing good. And just, no, I don't mean keep asking, but just look out for little things um, and just ask them about life. Like, I think, you know, taking interest at house home. Yeah, your parents getting on your nerves. Like, you know, just, just kind of relate to them and, and then you might you might kind of break through. And I, I'm, always, I'm always keen to just let them know I'm there. Like, if they need to chat, if they there's anything going on just give me a call and I think as a coach it's okay to be a little bit vulnerable as well like a couple of times you know through lockdown like you know I was like oh you know guys hands up I'm struggling as well a little bit this is tough this Mm. isn't normal and just I think you just said it making them aware you're human like you're not invincible so maybe they feel they can they can share um and then with all the training and things I think it's just making sure they're almost doing what they want to do as well as what they need to do if that makes sense mm. so if someone's really struggling with like a super structured training routine okay let's let's sort of dial it back have a bit of fun go and do this go and do that or if someone's like oh i just want structure okay boom i'll structure it as much as you want at 8 yeah. a.m you go thing. so you just got to deal with the individual um and then trying to keep the group together i think is really important mm-hmm. um especially that age group you know we've had a lot of meetings where the athletes will host the meetings and ask each other how they are, share things. And I think lockdown can probably become quite lonely. So I think it's being aware that you're not alone. Like if you're having a bad day or a few bad days, chances are quite a few other people are. Mm. Um, So yeah, just little things like that, I think. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. I think that um in the winter I was definitely more isolated but I think Mm. just like virtual workouts with people like technology Mm. is amazing right now like Zwift as a as an app like I've dove right into that like tunnel but yeah I think that you're so right in just keeping that community there um Mm. so what have you done to keep your well-being at the forefront of lockdown yeah, um, I think I've learned a lot over the last year about slowing down. Um, I, I like to live life at kind of 100 miles an hour. If I'm mm-hmm. not coaching, I'll be doing some work. If I'm not working, I'll be out sort of doing some exercise or training myself. Then I'll be home. Then I'll, it's just endless. But it's kind of how I like to be. So I think just slowing down, like taking a bit of time to just not eat, not rest, not just sit around, but like read a book, sort of mm. go for a walk. Um you know, have conversations that aren't about triathlon. Um, 
and just enjoy enjoy the little things a bit more like you know if, if it's a nice day sort of just get out there for a bit and no real pressure um mm. yeah I think I think slowing down is the biggest one and not feeling like you have to sort of have answers for everything so you know not feeling like you need to you know the guys are asking when's racing what's going on all this stuff I don't know like Mm. I, I don't know and that's okay and um, we'll make some plans but we are guessing a little bit here um but yeah you know it is a bit of a cliche thing like take time for yourself but I think it's you can do that but you need to find out what in that time is going to help yeah so I, I can't I'm not just going to sit on a sofa and like watch the tv like that does nothing for me but maybe I'll go to the park take my book and sit in the fresh air that feels pretty good mm-hmm. um so yeah, I think it's those little things slowing down. I did a bit of baking, didn't didn't do very well. So you know, I, like everyone, I tried all yeah. these like things. I was like, oh, I'm gonna do all this. Like I don't know, learn a language. But yeah, I, I picked up my guitar for the first time in a few years. So I was like, nah. Like, <laughs> so <there's, laughs> yeah, I think we all got a bit consumed with like trying to do everything. But yeah, just focus on a few things. I think. Yeah, I think that lockdown definitely went through his phases of like it's generic so like yeah. there was the baking phase and then there was the like I'm just gonna sit and hide in my room phase kind yeah. of thing yeah. um but no it's interesting listening to kind of a coach's point of view and I think that you touched on it a little bit before um and you touched on the fact that obviously triathlon is such a full-on sport to train for yeah. like you don't you don't have to just train for one sport you have to train yeah. for three um and so how do you go about preventing burnout and preventing that feeling of, oh my goodness, I'm doing way too much here? Yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's not easy. I think, um, you know, you can plan and you can be as scientific as you want. And, um, you know, you can measure all the numbers, the data, the heart rate, um, training load. But I think it, at the end of the day, it's just conversations and sort of watching your athletes asking really how they're feeling um sort of figuring out when you know you may be getting the signs that they're, they're looking a bit fatigued or you know if I can't see them maybe just their training's not 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 as good I think what I always like to say is you know if you need if you think you should give a recovery week or have a recovery week almost like before you need it if you need mm. it you've probably gone to you're probably too late um so I think just, yeah, open, honest communication um, because, and, you know, looking at phases of training and, okay, how long have we been at this now? Has that been five weeks on the trot? Okay, we probably need to step back. But um, it's not easy because every athlete is different and, you know, some some might need more rest than others. Um, you know, some don't realise until it's too late. Um, and, yeah, just how... Because naturally you want to push an athlete, but it's like, how far can you push them? Because, um, mm. yeah, one, once you hit that burnout or that, like, difficult phase, it's quite hard to recover. Um, you know, I'd, I'd rather someone's maybe not quite at the fitness where they need to be for, for a week than they're burnt out in that last month. So, mm. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think triathlon is quite, probably quite hard to find that balance, mm. um, especially with it being so much more than just one sport. Yeah, um yeah. do you find a difference between winter and summer yeah yeah I think um winter is a bit of a slog you know we're, we're just kind of doing the day in day out and it can be tough obviously you know with the, with the weather there's a lot of training indoors a lot of mm. swifting um 
you know, it can be, it can just be tough. Whereas summer or the, the lighter days, it's easier to jump on your bike, you know, just get less kit on, um, easier just to train. And, and usually in summer, we've got the races to look forward to in camps, but I think there's beauty in both, you know, summer is quite stressful. It's quite hectic. It's quite fast. Yeah. Whereas winter, like you can relax a bit. Mm. You can be like, oh, I'll just go for a really easy run in the snow. Like it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's a big difference. Personally, I, I probably prefer like the late winter, like kind of this period's really nice. Mm. Um, summer is summer's quite hectic. And then the beginning of winter is okay, but it's like, it's so far until you race again. It's yeah. Like, here we go again. But, mm. yeah. yeah, because triathlon's quite seasonal. It's but like open water where mm-hmm. you very much, you, you can't get in a lock at this time of year yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless you're absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's just interesting the fact that um being outside I feel like it just does something different to your Mm. mental health Um, and I think that's one thing I noticed when I kind of transitioned from pool focused to open water focused is people just seemed so much happier and they were so much friendlier um and I think it's just that being outside and not being like stuck indoors um and I definitely think that yeah you you probably see a difference in your athletes yeah yes but you know as soon as the sun comes out everyone's happy and, <laughs> yeah uh, but you know as soon as they're riding their bikes saying yeah you know everyone loves you know we obviously we swim open water but we have to train in the pool all the time so the minute we can get in a loch or you know a, a lake or whatever it is yeah it's just a nicer atmosphere mm. um, yeah yeah definitely um so i end on the same question with all of my guests um obviously in a virtual world if or in an alternate universe where covid isn't a thing and you're hosting a dinner party what yeah. three people dead or alive are you going to invite yeah it's, it's a tough one it's funny when you i didn't think about this till recently but um i was thinking about this question before because i'd heard it somewhere else and they were like you know people come up with three names but you can need mm. three people who might might get on as well but now for me, probably the first one uh, is a, is kind of an adventurer and sort of um, mad all around guy, Ranulf Fiennes. He, um, just like kind of, he's done everything from Everest to the North Pole and things. I remember reading his autobiography when I was probably 18, 19. I was really inspired to just do some crazy endurance things. Um, probably him, uh, Killian Journey, sort of elite endurance endurance athlete and done some phenomenal stuff twice up Everest in a week all this kind of thing and he's got some really cool ideas about training um probably probably the third actually would be um it's, it's quite a, a different one but like my, my dad's dad I've never actually mm. he unfortunately passed away when when my dad was fairly young and I've never met him and it's my only like grandparent I've not met I think it just have been really interesting yeah. um he sounded like a pretty cool guy yeah um yeah and, I don't know. Maybe the three would get along, but yeah, that that'd be a good. I'd want it. I'd want it to do it real though, not not Zoom, for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. What would you cook? Oh, uh, it's got to be just like a, I don't know, like a lasagna or risotto. You know, just oh, like a cow peas or like one day simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We probably just made all our viewers hungry now, but yeah, um, exactly. it's always it's always interesting listening to people's responses to that question. I've had. Mm-hmm. People say like people like Muhammad Ali, and then I've had people yeah. say like Adele, 
and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. been like polar opposites and it's been so interesting to hear um but thank you so much for coming on the show do you have anything else that you would like to add no just thanks very much for having me um yeah i appreciate it and like you chatting about great subjects that they need to be chatted about more so it's great to have the the platform and time to do that so i appreciate it no yeah thank you so much for coming on the show um and to anybody listening how would they find you yeah i mean you can find me on just social media it's just andrew rudolph but yeah if you want to find the the squad it's at sterling hp try we're fairly good on social media a few videos and pictures and stuff um and yeah hopefully we'll have a race season to come up and, and have a look at as well so yeah, yeah g- give us a follow yeah amazing well thank you so much for your time and to everybody listening i hope you have an amazing day Thank you.